Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Dwayne Talk. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts come through for Dwayne Talk. We'll be back for Midday Matters tomorrow, of course. So put that number in your phone, that Werribee Kia open line, one 736 for Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And we'll be back for more of your calls for Midday Matters tomorrow. The 2023 AFL Combine kicks off tomorrow with the first of the events held from tomorrow until Sunday here in Melbourne at Margaret Court Arena and the MCG. There will be similar combines held in South Australia and Western Australia across the coming weeks. So a lot of those in control are getting themselves ready for essentially their grand final period coming up. One of those is Tarkin Lockyer, AFL Academy coach, and he joins us thanks to OMF, Australian owned and designed. The OMF big, big spring sale is on now with up to 60% off selected mattresses. Uh, Tarkin, welcome to you. Great to have you on. Uh, thanks for having me, Dwayne. I've got to ask you the Collingwood question first. Uh, you're a 200-plus gamer for Collingwood. You must have taken great joy in Saturday's win. Oh, it was amazing. I was there. Uh, I was there. I was fortunate enough to to take two of my kids along with me as well, and um, to see the to see the game, to see the spectacle. Like it was an amazing game, a great contest. Um, yeah, and then obviously as a past player to watch Collingwood get over the line, to share that moment with my with my family, my kids, and to see so much joy for. A lot of the people that I've had an, had an association with for a long time was uh, was very special. So, yeah, it was just, just a great day all around. Did you get amongst it that night with the players or are you sort of a bit <laughs> removed? You're not sort of in it. How did you go? What, what did you decide to do there? No, I decided to give it a, a bit of a wide berth, let the let the club celebrate their thing. We actually had a, uh, a futures game in the morning at the MCG for next year's draft crop as an exhibition game and there was still a few players that were at the hotel and... Had to stay overnight, so I chaperoned those sides and took it pretty quiet. So let's talk about the futures. Draft Combine gets underway tomorrow. Give us a bit of a rundown as to what's happening across the days, if you can, firstly, please. Yeah, so over the next couple of days, so the players will all start to arrive in tomorrow morning. They've got a big day of uh, of interviews with the clubs over Friday and Saturday, the main two days that they, they have the, uh, the club interviews. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, they'll do the 2K time trial, which I'm sure all the players are incredibly nervous about. Um, and then also on uh, on Saturday they'll have a bit of medical screening where the uh, the club doctors and physios can um, assess the players medically. Uh, and then Sunday's the day for the majority of the of the physical testing, the sprints, the jumping, the the agility, all of that sort of stuff. So for the players it's a it's a huge couple of days. For the industry it's obviously big as well with so many people coming in. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be fun. So you know we've seen throughout the years a lot of the players. Um, show their wares out on the out on the ground, and we've seen a lot of their footy stuff. Uh, this is an opportunity for the clubs to assess them um, in an interview sense um, and and have a chat to the players, but then also physically get to see where they're at with some of the some of the testing. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Harley Reid and and what he's going to bring to the table if you do get him as a prop prospective pick one. You know, Zane Dersma, Dan Curtin. There's a lot of guns in this draft, but I presume it's the guys that are you know in that 40 to 70 range that if they get a good draft combine under their belt then they'll get drafted how much does it does it matter do you think the combine does it matter quite a bit oh look i think i think you're right when you talk about you know the top end probably the top end of the of the draft are fairly certain on 
um, that they'll get they'll get taken. They'll be pretty confident that their name will get called out. It's probably more you know, those players that are a little bit less certain about what their future looks like. It's the opportunity for them to really show their physical prowess. So we've seen it out on the game. You know, you can see their traits, their running, their jumping, uh, the way they use the footy. This is an opportunity for for the clubs to sort of evaluate them and and see uh, where where they rank. So someone that might put in you know a really quick twenty meter sprint or have a really a really strong vertical, it might just elevate them just that that slight slight bit in front of others, or just sort of bring it back to front of mind. That, oh, this this person's got that uh, those physical traits that might actually lend themselves really well to the next level, and that might be something that the clubs find really attractive. Yeah, so there's a number of these guys who will put their name on the table. Who who do you think? What's your top ranking, I suppose, in your mind as to the way it will unfold? Are you of the belief that it's Harley Reid first and Daylight second? Or do you think there's three or four guys in this draft that if you got them pick one, you'd be just as happy with any of them? Yeah, look, that's a good question. Um, and trying to crystal ball on that's pretty difficult. Obviously, yeah. the amount of media that Harley's had to had to deal with this year and the speculation around him, he's he's had an outstanding uh, junior career. He's, we saw him last year as a bottom major, All-Australian, uh, through the national chance and some of the stuff that he did through the through the NAB League now Coates League, uh, he's he's backed that up this year and also done at VFL level as well at times. So he's he's put a really strong case together to to be that number one pick. You've also got uh, you also got Jed Walter from Queensland, who's a really athletic, powerful key forward who's done some really good stuff with the Allies in the national chance this year. He's a um, he's a Gold Coast Academy selection. So you know if he's uh, if he's caught out pretty early, Gold Coast would have to match that bid and uh, and whatever. And then Zane Dersma was the other one that you spoke about. Uh, incredibly talented, uh, medium-sized forward that can also go through the midfield from Gippsland. Um, great talent, um, uses the ball really well. And the other one I reckon is probably in the conversation potentially could be Dan Curtin from WA. Um, has played key position um, back, key position forward, really powerful. But he's also gone through the midfield at Colts level throughout the year and, and a little bit for WA in the champs and was able to impact the game really well. So there are a few... There's not not necessarily one absolute banner, although Harley's, Harley's done some, some great things. Um, it'll just be really interesting on draft night. And as, as we know, we saw it last year with, with Aaron Cadman and, and GWS, just because mm. West Coast hold the number one pick at the moment doesn't necessarily mean that after the trade period they're going to, um, going to hold that pick. So can't wait like everyone else, Dwayne, over the next couple of weeks just to see where it all unfolds. So Aaron Cadman didn't... He had a few difficulties year one as a key forward and not of... Bigger guys do have that problem. Do you see Jed Walter as maybe being able to have a better first year than him, or is he kind of in the same boat in terms of how good they are at this point of his career, like Aaron Cabin was this time last year? Oh, I think it's I think it's like every player. The the gap between say the talent pathway or underage football and the AFL is uh, it, it's a big gap. We we all know that, and um, we've seen some of the some of the players. You see, you know, Sheasel and Ashcroft and others this year that have come into the competition had some significant impact. Um, it's hard to forecast, and particularly for those key forwards or key backs, uh, it is a very combative, you know, combative style of football. Uh, there's not too many times you get caught in one-on-ones in AFL football these days. So there, there will be that um, that period of, of growth where you come in and, and you've got to find your feet at AFL level. Uh, but certainly, yeah, Jed's had a Jed's had a great um, a great lead-in. He's done done some amazing things. Some of his contest work and some of his uh, some of his effort stuff has been fantastic for the Allies and for, for the Gold Coast Academy this year. So he's getting himself every opportunity. The, the one thing that we know about all our players is they're not finished products. They'll come into the AFL system and they'll be coached a little bit differently and they'll have to learn game plans and structures and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but we feel like these guys are pretty well prepared to give themselves the best opportunity. 
Is Dan Curtin a purely a, going to be a key defender, do you think? Or do you think there'll be a time when he gets experimented with forward? Has he played much as a forward in junior footy? Yeah, he played He played a, a fair bit for Claremont, uh, particularly early this year as a key forward. Um, and then more through the championships, through his AFL Academy experience, and later later in the year, um, played a bit more back with, with since through the midfield as well. He's actually, uh, for a guy who does play key position, he covers the ground really well. He's a, he's a really good runner. Um, which hopefully we get to have a look at over the next couple of days in the combine. Uh, so he's got he's got that versatility that he can sort of play in any any part of the ground, which is um, a pretty good out for him. So there is a chance that the Dustin Martin scenario might happen, where you know pick three or four, if it's Dan Curtin, might end up being as good as pick one. We just don't really know what's around the corner for any of these guys. Yeah, he's spot on. And and the other thing that we know is. Um, you know, coming along with the number one pick is, a, is the pressure, I suppose, and the, the media and the scrutiny that's associated mm. with the number one pick. Um, if that is, you know, if that does happen to be Harley, uh, he, he's done an amazing job this year. The amount of media and the amount of scrutiny that he's been under um, externally, he, he has done an amazing job at staying really level-headed, um, listening to the people around him. So he's, he's well-prepared to step into AFL footy when he gets his chance. And also a leader too. Is he, he's got a really level head and he'd be able to handle the hype. He's handled it so far. Yeah, and I think we've seen that through through a lot of his media stuff. And um, his personality's really shone through this year. He's, he is his own person. He's, he's unique in, in the way that he goes about his footy, but he, he certainly likes to keep it fun, keep it light. He's not, not the most serious character, which I think is a really good thing. It's allowed him just to focus on his footy and go out and do what he, do, do what he does and uh, play with a lot of freedom as well. So... Um, he's, he, to me, um, having worked with him over the last couple of years, he certainly looks like he's enjoyed his footy, which is uh, which is why we play. How does Zane Dersma compare to Xavier? Oh, they're they're, they're fairly different. Um, <laughs> Zane's probably more of your uh, at the moment. He's probably played most of his footy as a as a marking forward. He's also got the ability when the ball hits the ground to to impact at ground level and as pinch pinch hits through the midfield. Probably a little bit more in the second half of the year. Whereas Xavier's more that up and down the ground um, outside winger at the moment that really gut runs. So they are slightly different. Uh, Zane's probably a little bit taller. Um, so he has, as I said, got that marking ability, but um, highly talented. Talented, And I'm sure wherever he, he ends up, um, fans for that club are going to be pretty excited with what they get. And father-sons, Jordan Croft is what a likely top 20. What other father-sons will we see? Uh, other father-sons that we can see. There's also uh, Kynan Brown from the Oakley Chargers, whose father Nathan played for Melbourne. Is a is a chance uh, come draft night, which will be which will be good for him. Um, and then the other thing that we have this year, um, aside from the father-sons, is we've also got the um, the Northern Academies that are really strong. I mentioned Walter from from yeah. Gold Coast. That's, they've actually got three three sort of strong potential players in um, in Rogers and uh, Ethan Reid as well. Who, uh, who should hopefully get their name called out pretty early on draft night. So it's going to be an interesting space with all those academy picks and NGAs and father-sons. It's, um, yeah, it's always interesting on draft night, that's for sure. Talking to Tarkin Lockyer, AFL Academy coach. So just on that then, do you think the academies are getting stronger, the Northern Academies are luring more talent from across their states towards our sport as opposed to other sports and we'll see more and more players go to those Northern states through academies? Oh, look, Dwayne, I hope, I hope that we are. Um, the one thing that we know um, with the AFL, like the AFL brand and the association with clubs, for the NGAs, you know, to be able to leverage off off those um, off the clubs, I think is is terrific. So what we're what we are seeing is the amount of um, the amount of players 
junior players in those northern regions, um, the amount of participation is huge, which is fantastic for the game. We know that's why you know, GWS and Gold Coast in particular, uh, the expansion clubs, to see the amount of players that are now playing community footy in those zones, it's terrific. And now that we're starting to see uh, some of the talent come through, I think it's really exciting for the competition and it's just great, great to have that pathway for those, um, for those academies. And what do you, how deep do you think it'll go in terms of when the clubs stop picking? Will it be deep into the 60s? How many think, do you think will go draft night? Um, oh, that's a, that's a great question. I, I think uh, it's sort of hard to predict because the other thing that we know is with pre-season drafts, with SSP and mid-season drafts, we know that clubs are sort of holding over picks as well. So depending on what's still on the board, depending on what's out there and who they've sort of spoken to about those opportunities coming on the list at another time, probably dictates the the number of picks on draft night. So hopefully we have heaps. The one thing that we mm. want in the, in the talent pathway, we want all our players to get on all this. So hopefully it's a heap of players, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. And the UCBA, first round draftees, will get a three-year deal? It's terrific, isn't it? Great set. Yeah. Well, um, it is and it isn't, I'm I sure suppose. I'm sure the clubs what, are happy as well. What's the pay they'll get? And what's the negotiation possibility in the th- third year of a, like a Nick Dacos kind of third year where <laughs> you, could, you could probably pay Nick Dacos a million in year three and he's still underpaying it? It's, uh, it's very exciting, isn't it? When you see, the, see players come in and, and the, the strength of the AFL competition and the brand and the financial situation that the industry finds itself in, um, I'll tell you what, Dwayne, I wish I had been playing about 10 years later than what I, than what I was. Yeah, it's been a few, although um, there's some people that I know that uh, are pretty happy they didn't play in the social media uh, era of football, <laughs> even though the money has exploded. Dave, speaking of, of your days gone by, how, how, do you, um, how do you reconcile it now, given how close you were to being a premiership player? Oh, look, you're always, um, yeah, there's always going to be that little bit in, in myself that you know, wishes that I had been there with a premiership medal around my neck, but you can't help but look at the guys and particularly on the weekend to see, you know, see players like Pendlebury and Sidebottom get their opportunity again so many years apart. Uh, to watch players like that get the recognition they deserve is, is terrific. The, the unfortunate thing, I, I, I did sort of sit there and feel for the Brisbane Lions players to have put up such an amazing, an amazing performance in such a great year. Unfortunately, there had to be one team that wins. They were incredibly close, and as, uh, as we were a couple of times. But um, oh, that's, why, that's why the game's so special, isn't it? You play for those moments. And it's the fact that you're working in a really exciting part of the industry still um, sort of give you the, the love of the game right now as much as it's ever been? Oh, absolutely. Do you think the game's in good shape? I feel, like, I feel like I'm so blessed to work with such amazing people. And uh, the players, the talent coming through, they're all uh, incredibly, you know, incredibly skillful, incredibly driven. And to see, uh, to see the, the talent that's coming through, in, in both the boys and the girls' space over the next couple of years, it's so exciting for the competition. So uh, we love the we love the product. We've seen throughout the year record crowds, record numbers on TV. Um, yeah, you know, I think the game's in a really healthy position. And is the draft age right? Could Harley Reid have played senior footy this year? Uh, I think the draft age is around about right. Yeah, I, there's always going to be those those players that potentially could be could be ready to play a little bit earlier. Um, you know, but the the age is is the age, and I think what we're seeing at the moment is We've got that. We've got that balance right. We're we're entering players into the competition at a time when they're um, finishing school. They've got those commitments out of the way, um, so they're moving on to the next journey in their in their in their life. Um, yeah, I, I think the the draft age at the moment is probably about where it needs to be. Tarkin, good luck over the next few days and uh, for your grand final come draft night. No worries. Thank you very much. Tarkin Lockyer joining us. Thanks to. OMF, Australian owned and designed. The OMF big, big spring sale is on now 
with up to 60% off selected mattresses draft combine getting underway tomorrow. Uh, Tarkin, AFL Academy coach, and uh, it's a big time coming up for the kids and the coaches. Tarkin, also thanks to Coolamar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of water, smart, instant lawn that you can lay all year round.